There it is. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you all again, as always, for joining us. Today, we have a really fun show. Uh, somebody who can teach us about intuitive eating and polyamory and all these different things combined. I don't know. We'll have some fun with it. It's going to be a fun show, so tune in. Practicing polyamory. Real-life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, here we go. We're ready to rock and roll. Welcome to the show. Before we jump in, just one more time. Uh, I don't know how many more times I'm going to ask. Uh, probably till the end of the month or until I reach my goal of 100 YouTube subscribers. Please, if you could help me out, if you're listening, head on over to YouTube, do a search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast and hit that subscribe button so I can get to 100 subscribers before the end of the month. That would really, really make my day would uh, thrill me if y'all could head over there and uh, give me that subscribe. Also, uh, you can follow me on all social media at Practicing Poly A. Uh, would love if you follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Twitch, whatever, all these other places, all these other things. Uh, and lastly, one more time, of course, or I don't know, a few more times going forward, I want to uh, reach out to my BIPOC LGBTQ uh, community. If you are, uh, you know, if you identify as those things and also as polyamorous, I especially want to share your story um, because yours are the ones that are most worth hearing. So uh, without further ado, without uh, any more of that, let me jump into an introduction for our guest. Our special guest today has been practicing polyamory for less than a year, but her background as an intuitive eating coach seems to have influenced the way she approaches relationships. As an intuitive eating coach, I imagine she helps people identify patterns in their eating habits and discover new ways to approach their health. Similarly, she's learned to apply looking for patterns in relationships to discover what is at the root of those relationship challenges. Being dedicated to personal growth, her work as a coach, and finding adventures in life are her major motivating factors, and I'm excited to hear how polyamory is changing her life. So if you have challenges around your eating habits and want a poly-friendly coach, tune in today to hear more, and let's welcome to the show, Coach Tiffany Thoen. <laughs> Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. That was definitely a very, I felt very um, loved being welcomed on like that. So thank you very much. <laughs> of course, of course. It's it's my pleasure. It's um, my brother and I have been doing podcasting for uh, a few years now. Um, the Business Bros podcast, uh, where we interview all kinds of business entrepreneurs, you know, whatever. Uh, and that's my little thing. That's what I do for them is I do some research. I find out some information about them and I write them a fire intro. So, you know, I wanted to bring that over to this show as well. Um, but welcome, welcome. Um, tell me a little bit about what you do uh, as an intuitive eating coach, and uh, then we'll dive into like your your journey through polyamory too. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so I as, as an intuitive eating coach, what I do is I help people learn how to really um, build connection and trust with their own bodies and approach their food through that lens. And so really building a very nurturing relationship with food that's supportive every day, rather than kind of the traditional more diet culture messages that we receive around like eat this, not that and try to control and manage, right, it becomes much more about um, being in tune with yourself and being connected with yourself and then 
and then developing that, having that kind of peace and ease around food that is supportive of, of what you really need. I love that. You know, um, one of my partners was definitely into diet culture for a long time, uh, took, you know, up and down on, on these different diets and, and all these different things. And she got to a point where she just said, F diets, man. Like, screw that noise. And she changed her approach to her eating. She changed her approach, uh, you know, her relationship to her body. Uh, and she's never had a coach per se, but I think that she practices a lot of the fundamentals or a lot of the, the, the uh, pillars of intuitive eating. Can you tell me a little bit about what those pillars are and what people should expect and like some, some of the basic things that they can change surrounding that diet culture and, and shifting that mentality? Yeah. So um, I love that you were able to connect that to someone that you presumably love, someone that's important to you that you're connected yeah. to. It's, it affects so many people. And I think typically you know, more women, but it, it impacts men as well. And um, I'd say intuitive eating really is a completely different way of approaching it. And it is that kind of like, yeah, forget diets, like this isn't, you know, it, this, it actually is making things worse, mm -hmm, <laughs> right, mm -hmm. and not better. Um, and so intuitive eating was designed by a couple of dietitians about 25 years ago, and it's starting to really pick up steam now. And there are 10 principles of intuitive eating. There's, there's an intuitive eating book, I recommend getting the most current one. Um, if that's what you're, you know, if you're interested in checking it out, there's also a workbook, um, which they'll be updating as well. But um, the, the 10 principles are really around rejecting diet culture, rejecting shoulds around food, um, letting go of good, bad thinking around food, and, um, and really letting go of like beating ourselves up about it. And mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. getting in tune with like our hunger and fullness signals, getting in tune with what's happening in our body, learning how to manage our emotions, um, really learning how to care for ourselves on a really deep level. And then, you know, we start to go into eating in a way that, um, yes, is like satisfying and fun and, you know, allows for all of the experiences, but also in a way that feels um, good to us and, you know, gives mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. energy and, right, and is attuned with like, you know, things that aren't going to give you heartburn, right? <laughs> or, <Yeah>. or whatever. <laughs> or if you're going to eat, if you're going to eat the thing that's going to give you heartburn, like eyes wide open, like, okay, I'm going to eat this, you know, I'm, tonight I'm going to have pizza and, you know, um, onion rings because we're at, at a party and I really want them or whatever, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's using discernment. Get in my belly! <laughs> <laughs> yes. You have those moments, right? You're, yeah. you're a person who's lactose intolerant and somebody has this delicious, I don't know, mango sticky rice ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you know what mango sticky rice is or if you've ever had I mango do. sticky rice. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's this place down here in San Diego called Stella Jeans and they do a mango sticky rice ice cream and it is just unbelievable. Um, but anyway, <laughs> sometimes you're like, so some taller and you just got to have ice cream, right? Yep. Sometimes. Yeah. So eyes wide open, um, using discernment and really um, doing it in a way that feels you know, satisfying and fun and, and good, right? Rather than like, I'm just going to sit over here and eat these three gallons of ice cream and cry. About, you know, like, <laughs> like, that doesn't feel good, right? Um, I'm sorry. I took it too far. Took it too far. <laughs> too far. One gallon of ice cream, you know, but three, that's too far. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I made a presumption here. I, pre I, I presumably, you know, said that you identify patterns in 
your eating habits. Uh, is that kind of, uh, am I on the right track there or was I like way off base? Yeah, absolutely. So that's often why someone will come to a coach, right? So I am certified in intuitive eating and then I have, I actually have my own model um, called the food attachment model. And what I really help people Say do that one more is- time, the food what? Food attachment model. Food attachment, um, okay. And actually, this is one of these crazy places that, well, I'm trying not to use that language, but this is one of those places that uh, polyamory and my work has really intersected for me. Ooh, so, okay. Yeah, so Jessica Fern wrote Polysecure, and so I was like walking down the street listening to Polysecure and listening to her talk about relationship attachment styles, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, not only do we have a relationship attachment style with others and with ourselves, but we have an attachment style with food directly. And so that's how the food attachment model was born. Uh, and uh, it's cool. so much fun for me. <laughs> I would have probably <laughs> not stumbled upon it if I hadn't been looking for, you know, like looking at those kind of relationship patterns in my own life and really wanting to um, grow in that area. So uh, I have Jessica Fern to thank for that. Thank you, um, Jessica Fern. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> we're talking attachment styles. I, I'm sorry to to cut you off there, but we're talking attachment styles. This is definitely, um, you know, kind of like like intuitive eating is probably only 25 years old. I feel like attachment styles is relatively recent in psychology, and and you know, um, and the studies are not particularly old. They're pretty pretty recent. Um, the policy poly secure book is digging into our relationship styles and relationship attachment styles. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And she really, um, she shows how when you're in a polyamorous relationship, you don't have the relationship stuck structure of monogamy to lean on to try mm-hmm. to get more security. Right. And so we have to find other ways of finding, of building secure attachments in our relationships when oh. we're polyamorous. Yeah. So in some ways we can actually create a much stronger foundation because we're not kind of by default, just relying on um, monogamy relationship structure. Instead, we're having to like do that work and be really intentional with our partners. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely different. Um, it is a newer thing. I was talking with uh, one of our previous guests and I uh, brought up uh, the book more than two, which was only published, you know, maybe 20 years ago, something along those lines. And she had been actually practicing polyamory um, for longer than that. So when she first started her journey, there wasn't any of that uh, reading material. You know, there wasn't the internet to find a community. Uh, You are coming into this now less than a year ago, and you have these resources, you have all this stuff. Uh, What are some of the things that you've been learning, you know, in the past, several months that has been like life altering relationship changing uh, what if <gasps> that leaves you like that <laughs> yeah. oh so much so much and so i was in a um, monogamous relationship for 16 years prior to this and left that relationship really to because i wanted different things out of life i really wanted to maintain my own autonomy and be able to like travel and you know just he wanted like a house in the suburbs and you know an extra garage in the fridge for the soda and i <laughs> i wanted to like <laughs> you know live a semi nomadic lifestyle where i kind of live wherever and work online and you know do this work totally i'm passionate about yeah, i want to have a all van. the experiences yeah i wanted yeah. all the experiences and um so it made sense for me to be non-monogamous because I, you know, for A, I didn't know if I was going to be in the same place 
from year to year. B, I wanted to have all the experiences mm-hmm. and um, and really and then maintain my own autonomy. So I identify well. I don't identify. I I practice solo polyamory, and um, mm-hmm. so I live alone. And I have you know my relationships all have their own kind of um, significance in my life, and they're they're separate, but um, you know still very meaningful to me. Now I'm gonna what, I'm gonna jump in here really quick. Yeah. Solo poly. Uh, or solo polyamory is something that can mean different things to different people. Uh, what exactly does it mean to you? How would you define solely solo polyamory? So for me, it's not making um, decisions that automatically prioritize a relationship over another. It is making sure that I'm making the decisions that are kind of right for me in my life. Um, primarily and then and in having that be informed by my partnerships but all of Mm -hmm. my partnerships so non-hierarchical so like I you know won't be getting married I don't live with someone else I don't um you know one relationship doesn't get like protected you know like protected Mm -hmm. status you know (laughs) um yeah so it's really having that um my priorities be about what's the, you know, what's the best thing for me? And then, and then informed by my partnerships as well. How would you say that that differs from relationship anarchy? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. That, and that's a perfectly fine. That's a perfectly fine answer. Cause I'm not sure either, but I was asking you. <laughs> well, I love the idea of relationship anarchy because like I've always had super deep friendships and I've always had, you know, like business partnerships that were also friendships. And, you know, there's always been kind of this interesting overlap. I, I, I don't, I don't, I prefer not to have like superficial relationships in my life. Mm. And so I love the idea that like you can have a super deep relationship with someone and it doesn't have to be romantic or it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to fit into any particular box and that relationships can kind of like shift and be fluid over the lifetime of a relationship. Right. So um, yeah. So, but for me, I think the solo piece, um, you know, right now it kind of is descriptive of my lifestyle, like living alone and, you know, really being focused on my autonomy. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that that's different than relationship anarchy either. Fair. A lot of potential for aggressive expansion. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That expansion, though, it's it's all that personal expansion. I love this idea of, you know, uh, SOPO you know, driving across America or, you know, traveling the world, doing all these different things on your own. Like that's, that's honestly my dream too. Um, I, I want to own a van again. I, in 2017, I lived in an RV with, uh, with my partner and her sister, plus our dog and two cats. Oh my goodness. It was fantastic. (laughs) Oh my God. Best experience of my life. Um, but it was a, big rv i think it was like a 36 footer this thing was huge right Mm -hmm. it was a condo on wheels um and as fun as that was and as amazing as that was um it was kind of short-lived um we we ended up you know not making a full year out of it uh and you know three people made for a very interesting 
dynamic <laughs> but for me to be able to do it just on my own just give me you know just me and my dog that, that that's it and we're gonna head out and and just hit the country and i don't know find all kinds of cool national parks and all these different things and roads where we're going we don't need roads <laughs> Doc Brown, that is right i don't know and and so i guess you know for me, that I, I totally resonate with that, and uh, I, but I haven't, I haven't quite identified fully as solo Polly because I really do enjoy partnerships. I, I you know, I, I do you struggle with that at all? Like, do you feel like there's, there's a part of you that really wants to maintain the partnerships, um, and you know, there's. Is there any struggle for you between being solo polyamory and balancing cherishing partnerships? Yeah, so I have one um, partnership in particular that is, you know, much more bonded and attached partnership. And so that was another thing I appreciated about the um, solo or the um, poly secure book is that it, it kind of describes attachment and bonding. And so that relationship does tend to kind of like you know, pull on me in terms of um, my desire, you know, my kind of like old monogamy tendencies, right? Mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm, my, yeah. um, and you know, in that, in, in terms of like prioritizing time and mm -hmm, um, with mm -hmm. the pandemic, it's really complicated because if I see one person, it might mean I can't see another person, right? And so, right. Um, but, you know, it's not to say just because I'm solo polyamorous that I can't have you know, very committed relationships. And so in, and not to say that I can't have like a preference for how I spend my time. It doesn't have to all be like equal. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I do find that it's, there's a, a little bit of a tension there, but it's kind of a beautiful tension. Like I want this for myself and I also, you know, love this person and, and want to spend time with them. And that's also something that's like, feels good to my soul. Right. And so finding that balance between maintaining my autonomy and my agency and um, really exploring the possibility in that relationship has been kind of challenging at times, but also really beautiful. And of course, um, my partners are very supportive of wanting me to live my best life. Um, mm. And that makes all the difference in the world. Heck yes, it does. I feel like that's something that is special unique um i don't know it's it's a polyamory like thing where i know that in previous relationships for myself i i tried to hang on right like i i hung on really tight i i, I remember reading a story about um somebody who has sand whoop i'm not holding it high enough sand in their hand right and if they hold it like this if they hold it very loosely the sand will stay in their hand it won't go anywhere but the moment that they tighten their fist and they try to hang on the sand obviously falls through right this was a story that i read years and years and years ago um decades even probably and but but i you know i still held on to relationships that way for a long time, you know, it was like, I can't let this person go. If I let them go, I'm, I'm going to lose them. Mm -hmm. Whereas now in, as a polyamorous person, it's like, oh no, you are your own autonomous person. The, the Valentine that I sent to, uh, to my partner was 
be mine in parentheses, just kidding, be your own autonomous person. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) but it's, it's just a completely different way of, of approaching relationships where we really do give our partners so much freedom to go and do and be anything that they want and still have confidence in their love affections and, you know, in our relationships. Is that something that you kind of had established beforehand? Or do you think that you learned a lot of this in reading PolySecure and and a lot of the education that you've received since uh, starting your your polyamory journey? Yeah, so I'm pretty blessed in that my partners are more practiced in polyamory. And so they have provided me a lot of resources and we've had a lot of conversation. Um, and I am just kind of like, I, I just can't get enough, right? Like I just eat this stuff up. And so, <laughs> yeah, like give me all the information. And so, <laughs> um, you know, it was really initially when I started dating, it was like, okay, well, I'm interested in non-monogamy because I feel like it would fit really well with my, the lifestyle that I desired, but I didn't really know what that was going to look like. And so I, I wanted to learn as much as possible. The thing that I think is different in my relationships now and what I am seeking in relationship versus like the monogamous relationship that I came out of is that building that, um, that secure base and that secure foundation of like, kind of like what you were describing, like being confident in our love and affection for each other, our caring Mm -hmm. for each other and making that be the focus rather than the external, you know, all the relationship escalator stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I felt really, secure in my ever in my monogamous relationship, which is interesting because I was monogamous. I didn't never, you know, stuck around for 16 years. Yeah. And my partner, as far as I know, he was as well. And, um, you know, so we, we did the thing, you know, like (laughs) we did it, we did the, like the house and the marriage and the, you know, and no, no cheating or whatever. And, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and still I didn't feel really, um, yeah, it didn't feel like we had this really like secure foundation of, of trust. And so that's something that's new to me and I'm learning. It's still tough sometimes. Um, but reading about it and kind of understanding that, um, it's much more about what you're putting into the relationship and how, how you support each other and show up for each other and let each other know that, yeah, I, I, I'm here for you, right? Like commitment looks completely different in polyamory, at least yeah. in my polyamorous relationships. Yeah. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with that. It, it's, I'm listening to you and, you know, you're saying that, you know, 16 years that you spent with this person, you, you didn't quite have that security that you were seeking. There was just still something missing, but uh, not necessarily that you're finding it, you know, already in your in your other relationships but it is a different way of going about it the relationship escalator that you're talking about when you when i you know was in monogamous relationships it's all about that escalator and it's kind of like this this measure right you you, you're gauging the status of your relationship the validity of your relationship based on how far along the escalator you are Whereas now in polyamory, it's like you were saying, it's about the relationship that you build. It's, it, the, the relationship escalator is gone. It's about the things that you choose to bond with your partner over. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so beautiful because of that, right? It's like, um, 
it gets to be what you want, what each would, which both what both, both people really want it to be. And it can be, um, and the little things can be really significant. Like, yeah, you're not using this external measure. And in that way, it reminds me of the food stuff that we were talking about in the past, right? Like, it's not about like these external measures. It's much more about, does this feel supportive and nurturing to me? And do I feel, you know, safe and secure? And does my partner feel supported and nurtured and safe and secure? That's beautiful. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. I love it. <laughs> I kind of wanted that last little bit to come through. Like, you're always right. <laughs> you're always right. You're always right. <laughs> Can we just put that on repeat, right? Just, you're always right. You're always right. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. <laughs> great job producer great job <laughs> all right all right we are going to have a little bit of fun are you ready for this i'm ready all right this is our lightning round as soon as i can find it here we go all right so i'm gonna ask you some questions and you are just going to answer as quickly as you can, the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, here we go. First of all, oh, wait, I got to get my timer going. All right, so, so you're going to see that timer up on. above your head. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to basically do 30 seconds of let's find out a little bit about Tiffany. You ready to go? Yeah. All right, we're going to go in three, two, one. All right, Marvel or DC? Uh, Marvel. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Yoda or Grogu? Yoda. Best carnival or fair food? Oh my gosh. Uh, elephant ears. Nice. Does pineapple belong on pizza? I mean, half and half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coke or Pepsi? Oh, Coke. Cabin by the lake or beach house in the city? Uh, yes, please. Windows or Mac? Oh, wait. Uh... <laughs> a little get to know you a little fun thing here uh so which one was it windows or mac uh you know i have a windows but i do appreciate a mac because you know you can get like your texts on them and all of that it's a little it's a little beyond my uh tech savvy though I'm, I'm <laughs> that's good one less thing yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I am I am a full blown Mac guy, so you know it's it's everything for me. Um, I want to uh, give you a minute here to talk a little bit more about uh, your business, uh, about you know your intuitive intuitive eating services. Uh, can you tell people, especially our listening audience? So uh, I know we have stuff on the screen, but uh, for our listening audience, make sure that uh, people can hear. Uh, how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you for intuitive eating um, and get some help with that? Yeah, so it's coachtiffanyrn.com. And actually, I have a new quiz if you want to know your food attachment style. So it's coachtiffanyrn.com forward slash quiz. And um, then if you go through the quiz and you're interested in learning more, there's a, a way to schedule and have a, a consultation with me. I call it the find, the find peace with food um, session. So um, yeah, it's, uh, my business is really my passion and I love that polyamory has helped me grow in that work. And I feel like there's actually somebody doing, um, a, a research study about intuitive eating and in like embracing your sexuality and like coming more into, 
um, owning your pleasure. And so it's this beautiful like intersection for me of all of these worlds that I feel really passionate about colliding. I love that. And uh, is there any limitation to where people are? Does it matter where they are in the world, in the country? Um, can they get in touch with you regardless? Um, yeah, they can get in touch with me. I work online um, and see people via Zoom. And um, my I am an RN, and I, so I practice like more nursing stuff in the state of Oregon, but outside of the state, um, you know, I can still do like consulting and, and coaching. So. Very, very cool. All right. Uh, any last minute advice that you would give to someone who, like you, is new into polyamory uh, and, you know, maybe some books that you've been reading? Of course, we've been talking a lot about PolySecure. Uh, anything else that, that you might want to leave as words of wisdom for somebody new in the community? Yeah, I would say absolutely find out some, you know, like who in your life is polyamorous uh, or join like polyamorous discussion groups on online and social media world. Um, I love PolySecure. I'd say, you know, if you're new to it, like if you're feeling insecurity, jealousy, if it feels hard or scary, like I would say that doesn't mean that you're not polyamorous or that you can't be um, but, you know, it just means that there's some work to be done, right? And there's a lot of growth opportunity. And so um, I think we shy, you know, we tend to, if, if people really struggle with it, say like, well, maybe you're just not polyamorous. And um, I think that messaging is kind of hurtful. Like it, it sure implies that you should just be like automatically great at doing this thing that we're never told about or taught to do. And <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you mean you want me to unlearn like yeah. <laughs> generations of monogamy and you know everything that i've grown up learning and seeing and just be good at this as soon as i wake up the next day yeah i get it <laughs> <laughs> totally it's hang okay. in there i guess is my is my advice hang in there. <laughs> i love it i love it and uh yes absolutely um i am part of a lot of uh, polyamorous communities on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to drop them by name, so I'm not going to, but uh, if you get into a lot of those groups, you'll probably see me there commenting. I like to welcome people as often as I can. Uh, so drop a line and, uh, you know, these communities, we're all here to support each other and help each other out. Yeah, beautiful. I'm so glad. I think that's how I heard about the podcast, actually, is, is one of the um, polyamory discussion groups on Facebook. Perfect. I got, I got to reach out to more people, get more guests. So, uh, Tiffany, thank you so much again for joining us today. Um, hope you got some value out of it because I know I did. I did. Thank you. This was so fun. Lots of fun. Thank you again. And thank you uh, to our live audience for tuning in today. As a reminder, when you're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same cannot be said for those podcast downloads. Not, you know, telling you don't download because please download but if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions be sure to catch us live monday through wednesday or sign up for our patreon where you'll not only get access to our commercial free rss feed but also patreon only content like reaction videos and q a with our upcoming professional guest well this one would have been one uh but you know more to come, more to come, more to come. Uh, but anyway, thanks again for hanging out with us. Uh, really appreciate everybody. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, go over to YouTube, do that quick search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast. Give me that subscribe so I can hit 100 by the end of the month. And if you want to be a guest on the show, go to www.practicingpolyamory.com. That's all we've got, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else. Thank you all so much, ladies and gentle thems. That's what I'm supposed to say. I got to get into that habit. I'm
you know, working on it. Working but on um, it. yeah, that's all we got. So uh, thank you all as always. And don't forget to have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicingpolya.